0: Asalaamu Alaikum and welcome to the VRIC podcast. I'm your and in this episode we will be discussing mental health, particularly as it pertains to the Muslim community, but as a specific topic we will be covering men's mental health because it's something especially that is that gets very little focus. And I have, I have the great pleasure of having with me Usman Maghni, who is a licensed ma- marriage and family therapist. How are you, Usman? As-salamu alaykum.
1: Wa as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Allah barakatuhi. Jazakum wa for um, choosing such an important topic. Uh, it's a topic that is not often talked about. So.
0: Most definitely. And that's why we decided to, to have it because... Mental health is an important facet of our lives. There's no denying it. But it is very poorly understood within the Muslim community. So uh, if I had to begin anywhere, I would ask you that, um, as an overall, um, how would you encourage people to seek mental health wellness, especially when people are not sure that do they need it? Why would I need mental health, wellness? I feel fine.
1: Right, right. And a great question. I I get asked this a lot, actually. I I think that there's this misconception that I only go see a therapist when things get to the point of unbearable. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, and I'm hoping that we're able to eradicate the taboo in general of going to a therapist. I see a therapist. My wife sees a therapist. I think it should be normalized. Uh, you know, you don't need a mental health diagnosis. You don't need to wait until problems get way above your head in order to see a therapist.
0: Uh, You know, a a
1: typical uh, statement that I'll hear is like, oh my God, we're going to therapy as a couple. That means, you know, problems are really bad or, oh, you know, we're not that bad that we need to go to therapy. Uh, The assumption is that you have to be really, really in a bad state to go to therapy. Uh, And so one of the examples that I give is like, you don't, you, you, if you if you go to the dentist, right, you don't have to wait till you get a root canal to go to the dentist, you have regular, you know, you know, uh, teeth cleanups, you have, you know, just preventative care. So um, the hope is for therapy to be like that, like, why wait until things get exacerbated to the point where it starts to interfere with your day to day functioning. So that's, that's the, you know, initial message that I would give is like, Look, if you haven't tried therapy, even if you're not sure, go in for one session. If it's going to help you be a better person, a better Muslim, a better abid, a better husband, a better father, a better mother, what's the harm?
0: Right, right. Um, But I think that's the thing. Most people aren't sure why. When it comes to especially physical conditions, you know, we have lots of ailments that exist that people understand. Oh, I'm diabetic. I need a change in, um, let's say, diet or a particular kind of medication to help myself with it. Um, I could have a heart disease or I'm at risk for heart disease, so I should have preventative measures. But when it comes to mental health wellness, most people are not even sure how to... To even start with getting help, or uh, again, as the, as the saying goes, that what's what's the real need for it that people don't understand the role mental health takes in their overall well
1: being. Right, right, yeah, and and I, 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 there's really not a disconnect between your physical health and your mental health. I mean, we we, we say that everything um, psychological is inherently biological, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so depression has physical manifestations anxiety has physical manifestations stress in general mm-hmm. has physical manifestations right uh, you know typically when it starts to present itself in like things like hair loss or weight gain or you know memory loss right uh, that's when you've let it get a little bit too far right, right? but 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 the reality is that like there's no disconnect.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, um, unfortunately, that's what people like. They wait until it gets to that point to actually start taking it seriously. And I'll I'll speak since we're talking about men in particular. Um, oftentimes, feelings like low self esteem, uh, uh, lack of confidence, all of these other things that come along with like you know depression or even have to be clinical depression are often ignored by men. And we wait until it gets to a point of like you know what I'm actually possibly going to lose my job because I can't focus at work, or I'm just exhausted all the time. Hmm. And I went to my doctor, and the doctor said, there's nothing physically that they could find the blood work looks okay. And so then therefore, finally, I end up seeing a therapist, right? Mm. Because what happens, especially with men is that we wait for those physical symptoms to arise, because everything else tends to go under the radar. And I'm I'm not saying that's all men, but uh, mm-hmm. A lot of us, and we can get into like why that is, like based on our tarabi, why we raised, uh, how we were raised, and so on. To just kind of ignore feelings in general until they right. manifest physically. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. right,
0: right. And that's the thing. Again, um, there's a lot of, especially when it comes to. And I'm not. And I'm not saying all Muslim backgrounds. Muslims come from many different backgrounds. For sure. But if I had to. pinpoint one especially since i come from a pakistani background a dc background there is um a lot of suppression of a lot of things when it comes to um how we manifest our emotions and our well-being uh there is a huge emphasis on being okay all the time sort of thing Mm -hmm. and that does come into a very unhealthy dynamics of you can't be okay all the time so what do you do about it sort of situation
1: right 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 and and and, you know along with that we also get the uh i I was born in lahore so i'm also from pakistan yeah um we 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 get the well there are other people who have it worse what do you have to complain about you know Uh, you know there are people in pakistan who are are worried about their next meal Right. And here you are worried about not getting into the college of your choice, or right. about like a rishta or a, you know, a potential um, suitor not working out, you know. Right. And so we're 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 made to sometimes feel like, wait a minute, like maybe I'm just being ungrateful,
0: right?
1: As a Muslim, so I should always be just this perfect, like have it together all the time, just sing alhamdulillah to everything, you know. And but that's that's not the reality.
0: And that's the thing. I think uh, as Muslims, we do struggle with this. At what point do we recognize this as having a problem and then being ungrateful? Because we are taught and rightfully so that we should be grateful for what we have. Um, But the thing is, it's true that what we're going through also is valid. So where do we bring the two together? Where we do have to work through valid feelings of different things, but also that the narrative that potentially we're being ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right,
1: right, right. So I I, I think the first thing we have to kind of challenge is like the idea that, you know, uh, these two things are mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I can be grateful and I can say, alhamdulillah, that I have health and I have this and I have that, uh, that Allah has given me. However, I'm still concerned about you know maybe something else going on in my life that might you know right. some, something's going on with my family or uh something's going on with my kids right that one doesn't take away the other both can exist at the same time right um السلام, when he missed his son he cried and he was sad and you know he even you know said right. that i complain of my sadness my grief and my sorrow to allah but at no time was Ya'qub ungrateful right. right you know
0: so Taking it from there, um, we do, again, as a community, need to recognize the importance of mental health. But in particular, as you had mentioned before, Muslim men, um, again, they come from all different backgrounds, all different upbringings, uh, but there is an almost universal sense where they are, they're not, apes a lot of times even taking care of themselves physically mm-hmm. um going mm-hmm. to a regular checkup is something that's not happening but yeah. mental health is not even on the radar for a lot yeah. of different reasons could you please speak to that
1: no no a hundred percent right like uh, I, I think sometimes it might be viewed as some type of weakness or deficit that like well you know I'm not supposed to, if I'm sad or if I'm depressed and I can't take care of my family, there must be something inherently wrong with me. And uh, what I tell people is that, look, if your goal as a Muslim man is to look after your family, if you're not taking care of yourself, how are you going to do that? I mean, in fact, you taking steps to look after your physical health, your mental well-being, your spiritual Mm well-being is making you a better father is making you a better husband is helping you fulfill that concern that concern of like am i you know fulfilling my obligation right mm-hmm. so yeah. changing the narrative to focusing on your mental health will actually make you a better father will actually okay. make you a better spouse will actually make you a better son mm-hmm. you know
0: but there is this overwhelming narrative of if i get given to the idea of physical wellness or mental wellness and working towards that then there is uh, an implication that I am weak and mm. that weakness cannot be shown. There's there's right. often a very overwhelming sense that men have when sure. I can't show that I am weak.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, so so I mean, I'm, I'm trying to just maybe speak to the idea that like we need to have this paradigm shift of but that, that's not weakness, right? right? I mean, the alternative is bottling it up until you, you know, uh, either shut down completely, or you 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 have a temper tantrum, and you and and that's definitely not being able to control your temper is weakness, right?
0: I think what what I'm uh, trying to speak to over here yeah. is that a lot of men have the intense suppression of emotion yeah. when the only I guess valid emotion that they are able to have is anger and, and maybe happiness. Only one of the two, there is no room for sadness, grief, and all of the other fear, especially all of these things are not allowed for them uh, either by themselves or their upbringing or whatever ideologies that they have in their mind, that these things can't be shown. And that's one of the fears that I think is prevalent that if they dig deeper into this, it will bring up things that they're not supposed, suppose I am saying in air quotes, yeah, yeah. To have. they have, they're not supposed to cry or they're not supposed to um, feel grief and fear. Right,
1: right. So
0: how can we address this, that all of these emotions are valid and the, the, the point is that, You will, in order to be mentally healthy, you need to feel all range of emotions.
1: Right, right, correct. I I mean, especially when working with Muslims, I do like to bring it back to the Quran and Sunnah on this. Like, I mean, we have a plethora of, uh, you know, hadith and ayat pointing to this, right? You you mentioned fear, for example, right? Mm -hmm. How many times in the Quran does Musa, alayhi tell Allah that I fear this? I fear that my, you know, Fir'aun and his people will, you know, uh, will deny me and and deny the truth, Right. Um, Musa alayhi salam showed hesitancy of like being able to go on his own and speak to Pharaoh. So, so uh, Allah a.s. gave him his brother Harun, right? Uh, you know, as far as manliness, I mean, Musa alayhi salam is the, like the epitome of manhood, right? Alayhi <laughs> right. uh, salatu Yet he was comfortable sharing that he's scared, that he, right. he, he he fears. That's a human emotion. Acknowledging that fear is the first step in being able to uh, work on it. Right. You know, so so. Just because we try and gloss over these emotions doesn't mean that we don't have these emotions. And then, you know this is kind of circling back to the, the first point, that for men, uh, we wait for things to manifest themselves physically, mm-hmm. right? And the reason is because, exactly like you said, maybe we're limiting ourselves to just like either happiness or anger, and there's this whole spectrum of emotions that happen in between that we, 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 t- we tend to ignore.
0: Mm-hmm. As a whole, within the Muslim community... Especially when it comes to men, Um, they may know about mental mental wellness from you know watching it on TV or maybe any uh, any speaker that comes on, but they've never had that conversation or anybody talk to them about this. They've never had a father talk to them about this, uh, a brother, a friend, or anyone. When it comes to women, um, we have like regular like conversations with each other where we are deeply connected on many different levels. And even that in itself is very therapeutic. But for men, I think the conversationally a, they're not having the real pertinent conversations, even amongst themselves. It's not even going to a therapist and saying that I'm hurting,
1: but they're not
0: even going to like their brethren, um, right. Could be a could be a friend, could be a brother, could sure. be a father, anybody. They're not having the conversations where they'd be like where they'd see a brother struggling and be like, you know what? I think it's time that you went to therapy or that I think you could really benefit from this. So if you could speak to that, that there is a larger conversation that needs to be had within the community itself amongst one another.
1: No, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, uh, and I'll say it even, even among my own friends group, right. It's, it's, it's rare. Like, you know, um, it may be considered like Ajib or like kind of weird that like, you know, you say like, Hey man, I'm just really feeling down right now. I'm struggling with this or I'm lacking confidence. Like, you know, for most of us, we'd feel, even if the friend is like really, really close to you, it's like, dude, that's weird. Why would I have that conversation with the friend? Right. I'd rather, you know, talk about basketball or something or, you know, MMA or, uh, by work or investing or something like that, even if, there, if it's a close friend. I I think that um, we are starting to move towards this, but I, I can speak on Valley Ranch specifically, mm-hmm. right? Like we recently had a men's retreat mm-hmm. um, a few weeks back and, you know, Sheikh Yasser, Mashallah is uh, Allah bless him and Allah bless our community and all the Muslim communities uh, are trying to make this move towards having a more sense of community, a larger sense of community where we do have these safe spaces where we can you know discuss some of these things right mm-hmm. and um so we are heading towards that uh you know melo place in the, in, in, the, in this project that they're trying to do within the men's community right mm-hmm. uh I, i've seen it. i used to speak at uh, the wonderful women's wednesday at valley ranch and so mm-hmm. i saw how active the sisters were in you know speaking about mental health and being open about their issues and in, you know it's not even about talking to a professional. Like, even amongst themselves, they were right. there to support each other. And guys, we don't have that. So, we are starting to make moves towards that. It's going to be a steep learning curve. But right. I, I feel like once uh, you overcome that hump, inshallah, it's going to start to be normalized, right? Like, I, I, um, I remember I listened to this, uh, this, guy, this, this speaker once. He was talking about how um, when he converted to Islam, he. He he, he, uh, he really was impressed by the emphasis on expression of of love, right? right so exactly. Rasulullah would openly show his love towards Hassan Hussein really long ago. He would openly show his love towards his spouses, towards the companions, right? And so he was like, man, I never said I love you to my dad, you know? And, and for a lot of us, it is kind of weird. So he said, okay, I'm going to try and make it a point where next time I call him, I'm going to say, before I hang up, hey, dad, I love you. And so he calls him, they're just talking. And then at the end of the conversation, he's like, "Uh, by the way, dad, I love you. You know, and he's like, it was super awkward. And so the dad's like, what would you say? He's like, "Uh, I love you. Okay, bye. You know, and so he said he had to do that a few times, actually a few several times until it started to be the norm. And he had to kind of like overcome that uncomfortableness. And he said that after that, his dad wouldn't let him hang up the phone without him saying, I love you. Aww. You know, so that so that that became the new norm. So you know, there has to be a certain level of like kind of uncomfortables that we have to push past,
0: right? right yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Um, I think that that those are one of the the humps that are there. That how uncomfortable in general that men would be when expressing like real, true, deep emotions, yeah. and but it's important not just. Uh, again, overall, individual mental well-being—it's definitely very important. But in in a sense of our communal relationships with each other as well, I do feel that a lot of marriages—you y- can say Muslim non-Muslim marriages—do struggle because of these things. Because there isn't the deep emotional connection that is required for a good marriage, and for good, good friendship, good, good any relationship that exists, it's important that you be able to really be vulnerable. Right. I think that that's the other fear that sort of exists with if you're vulnerable, then you're going to be hurt by the other person. Correct. So like, and I think that would be a very primal fear um, existing in men. How, right. how would they be able to overcome them? Because yeah, you're vulnerable, but not everybody's good sort of situations so how does that somebody come o- overcome that
1: right right no absolutely it's it's a risk and i mean for for some of us say yeah, it's just innate just to kind of be guarded and not sure for others it's because like they had that experience that right. well i was vulnerable this one time i trusted the wrong person and right. they used it against me or right. you know I, I was vulnerable with you know a certain family member and they kind of just turned it around on me and so now right. you know if I, if I had a brick wall and I have a steel wall in front of me, you know, right, um, right. I, I, I think it's obviously having the hekma to go to the right spaces. Right. So like if you, uh, and this applies for both men and women, right. If you right. are hanging out with somebody who constantly backbites, right. Mm. That should be a red flag that don't be vulnerable with them because they're going to backbite about you too. Right. Mm. Um, mm. but if you see that, okay, there are people who are sincere, um, Allah of put certain people in our lives whether it's community members as family members who who have shown over and over again look they can be trustworthy right the onus is on us then to try and be vulnerable and it's mm-hmm. with the experience and so once you you know you open up you say hey listen guys i'm very uncomfortable about this right but i want to share i'm going through such and such rough time and you get a positive response other people around you see and they're like oh wow this person was open, he shared something vulnerable and everybody else was like, "Oh, they're supportive."
0: Could I pause you there? Sure. Let's, let's uh take that scenario into consideration. Like yeah. a a person, a man, and he comes in and even if he doesn't tell his uh his friends that they're having they're going through a rough time, but you just know for very it could be various situations, you know, that there could have a a child that's sick, a spouse that's sick, or or a very difficult situation. And then they go to a group of friends and all they talk about is maybe sports or something else that's unrelated. Nobody reaches out to them, Mm -hmm. um, asking them that, how are you doing? Are you like really okay? Just don't tell me that you're okay. Yeah. Nobody reaches out for that. Or if they're vulnerable in that situation, they're like, I'm really worried about X Y Z and I don't know what to do but everybody's like you know why are you bringing that up this is not a it's not the place and time to do it so in that situation what's the what's the I there's no solution to it but what's the next move I guess
1: pick a better group and then because <laughs> <laughs> Better, uh, More times than not, you're going to get a positive response. And it, it, it's, it's really funny you say that, subhanAllah. I mean, I'll, I'll be a little bit vulnerable myself, right? So I had told a group of brothers that, listen, I'm going through a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many of them, made dua, they're like, listen, if you need, you can talk and so on, right? And I still didn't take that step, right? But then mm-hmm. afterwards, like people in the masjid would still come up to me and say, hey, listen, is everything okay? And these are people, um, I, I mean, you know, I, I've only met once or twice, you know, right. but that was just so touching, And I was like, subhanAllah, all I I, I didn't even explain. I literally just said one sentence that, like, I'm going through a tough time. Please make du'a. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know? And so more times than not, I do feel that people, you know, will, like, you know, genuinely care. Right? Right. But you have to put in that effort. And again, it depends on the group. Right? So, yeah.
0: Right. Now, um, I think this is all very, very real and pertinent information that you've given us. And I do hope that it does help, um, like men in the community, not just men in the community, but the community overall, really rethink how they view mental health and the real need and necessity for mental well being. Um, the other thing, if I had to ask you, um, and it's one of those really popular, I guess, concepts that do exist in, in people's mind that, oh, if I'm anxious about something, worried about something, if I feel very unhappy and depressed, I should just turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will bring um, peace and comfort to me and then everything is fine. I don't need to go to a therapist.
1: Right, right. So yes, our first response should always be to turn to Allah, but it's turn to Allah and go to a therapist. It's turn to Allah and go to a therapist and go to the gym. It's turn to Allah and go to a therapist and go to the gym and you know, connect with the community. Right. right? Um, you know, a- after, after my divorce, I'm, I'm remarried now, but after my divorce, one of, you know, the two advices that Sheikh Yasser gave me, Allah, Allah bless him and his family, it was not, it was not necessarily spiritual advice. He said, you know, make sure that you keep up going to the gym mm-hmm. and stay with the community.
0: Right. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's such pertinent advice overall. Because we do, as a community at at large, have this sort of internalization of everything. And that isn't necessarily healthy in a whole lot of ways. We do need to be able to process whatever we feel and have been through in very healthy ways. So I'm very grateful for all your time, uh, Usman. And please do tell our audience where they can get in touch with you and the services that you provide.
1: Sure, sure. So, so, so I actually just recently moved my office to, um, to Valley Ranch. So I'm literally just a few minutes away from the masjid, uh, mm-hmm. right across from the Valley Ranch north. Uh, the easiest way to get in touch with me is uh, directly through our website. So that's www.peacefulu.org. Y-O-U, you can just go on there and actually just directly make a um, schedule a counseling session. So we're available online uh, mm-hmm. as well as in person. And uh, although I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, but I also work with um, individuals, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, individuals dealing with like anxiety, depression, OCD. Um, right. You know, instance, since we brought up the topic of mental health and men, uh, one of the things that I do specialize in, uh, which is a unfortunately, it's a taboo. It's taboo to talk about, but it's a very serious issue. Is you know, pornography and pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. So I do have uh, you know men coming to me who. Are struggling with that so that is one of my areas of specialty as well mm-hmm. um and uh, you can either go on our website or you can just text me directly 972-413-8393 and try mm-hmm. and respond within like 12 hours um, usually less than that so mm-hmm. those are two quick ways of getting hold of me
0: And we will have the links and your number in the show notes as well i think i thank you again um osman for being here with us and i thank everybody who's listened in So please take care of yourself, your physical and mental well-being. And until next next time, assalamu alaikum.